Hello everyone and welcome back to Let's Go On An Adventure. I apologize, I'm a bit late on this one. I unfortunately had to work through the week so I wasn't able to get this posted. Um, for my store, as we are a newer store that has only popped up since October, um, we are approaching our event season so we're trying to get ready to make sure we have our store fully stocked, that we have our employees set in the store we have the things that we need and ways to keep the business essentially going while we have some of the more trained members such as myself and a couple other people out of town running our events for our business so i apologize i'm a little bit late but i do got a book for you i do have a book for you it is not the book that i think i said that i was doing last time um i'm pretty sure i said i was doing the bone witch trilogy I was having a hard time getting into it. I know it's a fabulous book or probably is a fabulous trilogy. I was just having a hard time focusing because of everything that's going on. So I chose something that wasn't going to be a constant story. And by that I mean something that I'm going to finish a book and want to rush into the next one. And then want to rush into the next one. <laughs> Pardon me. I actually found another cozy fantasy or cozy fiction um, that caught my eye that remind me a lot of Legends of Lattes. And I'm excited to share it with you because it's not a bad book. It's really cute. So today I'm gonna tell you about the cozy fiction that I recently finished called Cursed Cocktails. Now, this, like I said, it is very similar to Legends and Lattes in the aspect of it is a guy who had a rough life, who retires, decides to open a bar as opposed to a cafe and makes cocktails so here's the difference though that i think is actually really cool in legends and lattes it was a warrior who was just kind of done and she wanted to retire she had a specific stone that she was told that you know could possibly make something flourish and she already had a plan set in place to make a cafe she had a goal she was going and cursed cocktails our main protagonist or our um main character Roran, is a blood mage elf or an umbral elf basically he's a darker toned elf who has a specific uh finesse if you will for blood mage magic blood made magic is heavily dangerous however because it can basically destroy your body and kill you if you're not careful and that's essentially what was happening with him however he was able to last as long at longer than most of his blood mage brethren uh up in the north Blood mages, when they are found, usually they go north and serve what's called the Royal Guard, and they protect the Nine Realms, or the Nine Kingdoms, from the dangers and the scariness that is up north, which is behemoths, big monsters, the scary things. That's the point of the Royal Guard. Blood mages, because there's not too many of them, due to the fact that they usually die pretty, pretty fast because of their ability, uh, are highly wanted, they're highly sought after. Blood mages, what they can do is they have the power to essentially get into the body mentally and destroy it uh, through through the veins, through the blood. They can think of, uh, if you've ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender, think of blood bending, but without the obvious physical situation. They can crush the heart from the inside with their magic. Problem is, is as opposed to mana that most magicians or most uh, mages and everything use, he ex this this type of power comes within mana can regenerate this power that he has cannot regenerate because it's his own basically a physicality that enables it 
So because this power essentially comes from within, it is way more dangerous to use and takes a heavy, heavy toll on the body and slowly essentially kills your body. Think of it as today's version of cancer or yesterday's version of cancer. It slowly eats away at the body until your body can't take it anymore the more you use the power. So this elf, Roran, has finally finished actually his years of service. He's survived 20 years of using his blood mage power and has actually survived the encounter, but his body is starting to get haggard. Every time he uses his magic, it's starting to hurt for longer periods of time. It's starting to cause more aches and pains, broken bones, the whole thing for longer periods of time. So he decides that he's going to retire because he's reached his mark, which is 20 years and goes north or goes south. He's told by uh, a cleric who's a dwarf that he's heard many uh, that has his affliction, if you will, tend to do better down south in the sun uh, near the beaches and everything. Something about it just keeps them from fully deteriorating. Now, blood mages, there's no cure. There's no way to stop this from happening. There's, they've tried to find ways. There's just no way. So the fact that the cleric is like, I've heard that this is a thing and he's willing to tell him that means that there might be actually some truth. So that's what he decides to do because he's been in the guard for 20 years and that's all his life has been. He actually has a sizable amount of money that's been in savings because what is he going to do with it while he's in the guard? He can't get any land. He can't buy any home. He can't do much. They have a set regiment and everything like that. So doing anything crazy, oh, pardon, doing anything crazy with it just isn't going to happen. Mm, coffee. So he ends up staying at an inn for a little bit and he meets this bartender who seems really cool. Um, ah, where'd he go? He meets this bartender, talks with him and everything like that. Becomes friends with him. Callum. There we go. Name is Callum. And this bartender is really good at his job. Like, not just bartending, but mixology. He's learned how to make these drinks. He loves making new drinks, which is absolutely fantastic because one of the things that Roran has in his possession is a journal from his father. Now, his father has passed. He passed when he was a young child as well as his mother due to a behemoth attack, which is how he found out he was a blood mage. Is After his parents died, he basically took down this behemoth without even thinking. Basically, all he knew is that he wanted this thing gone because it just destroyed his life. So... He has this book, and then this book or journal that his father had is a bunch of different cocktail recipes. Bunch of fun ones that just seem absolutely great. Uh, but he can't necessarily try them because in one, he doesn't know how to make them. Two, there are a bunch of different things in it that aren't necessarily as easy accessible to him ingredient-wise as it is for other things. So, but now that he's in a tavern or an inn that's not far from that's actually in a very localized area that tends to be able to get a bunch of different things he decides he'll ask this you know bartender if he's willing to make one of these drinks and see if he can see if he can do it callum is like heck yeah challenge accepted and he makes a drink for him and it tastes absolutely delicious more than he thought about it well, as time goes on, he's been there for about a week and everything. He realizes he should probably just get some property. He should probably buy a place, you know, to call home. So he's looking around for real estate and he finds this one building that looks like it used to be a storefront, but it has a cozy little apartment above. Nice living area, bedroom and everything. Problem is, is this place is essentially cursed. And the reason why they say it's cursed is because no business lasts there longer than five months. 
people saying that there's, you know, bumps in the night, things happen, and yada, yada, yada. Okay. He's like, all right. Deal. I'm a blood mage. I could get rid of this. I could figure it out. I've worked in the guard for 20 years. Cool. He buys the property. No intention of doing really anything with the storefront, but he just wanted a place to live to call home. Buys it for a steal. After a little bit of time, he does hear the bumps in the night, but can't find anything. And he's like, all right, maybe that it's just simply rodents. You know, what? it's not a specter, whatever, so he tries traps. Thing be is able to get, you know, the cheese off there, so he tries, you know, poisoning the cheese. Finds that the cheese is being taken not off, uh, taken off the traps, but then left there, not eaten or anything. So this thing is obviously smart, so it's not your basic rodents, and it's frustrating him. But with time going by, he realizes, you know what? I have this big storefront. What could I possibly do with it? Looks at his journal and he goes, you know what? My dad would want this, you know, brought out to light. He would love to have these cocktails actually be part of the world. So he links up with Cullum and goes, hey, I'm going to open up a tavern. I don't know anything about business or nothing. You do. Want to work for me? And Callum is like, heck yeah, let's do this. So they open up a bar called the Cursed Cocktail or Cursed Cocktails. They have different drinks that uh, are his dad's, that are his dad's own, uh, such as the Blood of the Phoenix, which uses a bunch of different stuff that actually you could probably make at home. But a bunch of fun different drinks that have different flavors, different ingredients, and that's their menu. Ugh. Sorry. Still waking up. Uh, they have things like the Water Spirit, which had gin and cucumbers and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and on the, the, let's see, actually I found the page that has all the, uh, drinks. They have things called the Eastbourne Sour, the Cog Walloper, Wolfwater Spirits, the Pleasant Pheasant, Neander, sorry, Nelderland Mule, and Blood of the Phoenix. And all this stuff actually has ingredients that you can actually make at home, which makes it even more fun. You just kind of have to, de you know, read between the lines kind of thing. For instance, most of the stuff that they call out are either the true name of the alcohol or spelled differently than the alcohol in real life and if you're truly interested in the cocktails uh sl rowland who is the author has a book of the cocktails that is out and published so if you're interested go check it out so time goes on you know they're doing this they're having a fun time find out what's sneaking into their uh the apartment in the tavern it is actually a fox spirit which usually symbolizes good luck and that they're there to protect you kind of thing, which is awesome. And so a fox spirit, it is an actual like real creature. It's just more ethereal looking. So he can touch it. He can pet it and everything like that. And it's really cool. Oh, and during this time, because he thought that he had rats, he got a cat, a big cat that is like a thing of the tavern. Everyone loves this cat, loves to pet it, loves to love on it. All the fun stuff. He also ends up having a friendship with these two kids. Um, I know that sounds weird, but what it is, is he kind of like adopts them as his, you know, like niece and nephew kind of thing. His dad, their dad is a sailor. His name is Thomas. And he has to leave them for like weeks to months at a time, leaving them with whatever money he can give them for food. And unfortunately they're like 10 and five there's, they can only do so much. The reason why they don't have anyone to really watch over them is because their mom is gone. 
the village that they kind of live in outside of the city kind of watches them problem is, is they got to do what they got to do for food and uh james the boy who's about 10 years old was caught stealing a couple of times and the cartman that he stole from he stole like oysters and bread from uh almost tried to cut off his hand but Roran saved the day and tried to, you know, come up with, came up with a deal with them, gave him some gold and was like, hey, you know, their dad is obviously often doing his job. They're just trying to survive. You can't punish him for trying to survive. So here's the deal. I give you some gold. Anytime they come over, give them some food, make sure they're taken care of. Not only that, when Thomas comes back to town, they talk a little bit and he goes, well, I just opened up a tavern. If James is wanting to, he can come and sweep up and everything like that and earn a wage. He can learn to work and he has money all the time while you're gone. What Cindy's doing that whole time? I'm hoping she's staying home because she's five years old. They don't really divulge that part, but they essentially become really close. Like I said, they adopt him, adopt him and his sister more of like the unofficial, you know, uncle kind of thing. They also have, you know, the cranky old woman next door who's like, you're too loud. And Callum always fights back and says different things, which is kind of funny. So definitely a good read. It's a cute little cozy fiction. There is some excitement that happens towards the end. My only complaint truly about Cursed Cocktails is it's a different author, but it really has a lot of feels of Legends of Lattes and by feels almost the same story, just different situation. It's a tavern as opposed to a cafe. Uh, it's not necessarily D&D related, whereas Legends and Lattes has more D&D themes. Um, this is close to, you know, Emerald Elves or Dwarves, all the fun stuff. Um, cocktails versus Lattes and coffee. Um, lattes was two females. Cursed Cocktails is two males. Um, yes, there's the illusion or the uh, light LGBT quality to it or lgbtq plus i apologize uh to it um just with two guys as opposed to two girls i don't mind that just because of how light it is and for those of you who get angry when i say that i personally have a hard time with lgbtq plus books and the reason why is because they're very stereotypical it has nothing to do with me not you know liking the community or anything like that i don't like books that are going to make stereotypical characters or make say that a character is one thing but have them be like completely not what that thing is and when i say that is for instance uh making a let's say an asexual character but either making them one stereotypical or not actually an asexual character everything about them just seems wrong and or not following what they say that they are and that's that's frustrating to me know your know your material if you're going to create a character know everything about what you're going to do for that character including their sexuality if you're going to make them a specific sexuality know everything about it instead of taking the basic stereotype and throwing it on there that's stupid um i like how light it is because it's not in your face it's not the whole pro the whole premise of the story the whole premise of the story is not romance the whole premise of the story is not you know oh these two guys are going to you know hook up kind of thing the premise of the story is two guys who seem like they just are very friendly that there might be something more but they're very friendly who open a bar together and they're living life to the fullest and i love that and it was the same with legends and lattes it was two girls who opened up a cafe together cafe and bakery technically and that allude that they might have something there and then they got together at the end 
but it wasn't the whole main story. You felt the ten like slight tension there, but it was one of those things, either I'm imagining that there's a slight tension or they're just really good friends and they might have a fight kind of thing. And it's the same with this. So I do enjoy that aspect. Like truly I do. Um, but again, the only thing I, I kind of feel like he ripped off legends and lattes in a lot of aspects. Um, legends and lattes had some sort of cat. They have a cat in this plus a, uh, a spirit fox something happens towards the end not as i wouldn't necessarily say the situation at the end is quite the same as legends lattes which is nice um but it's it there's too many things that can you know link them together as almost the same story however that being said that being said it is really hard to make a cozy fiction and not have them seem similar because think about it if you're going to do a cozy fantasy or a cozy fiction like legends and lattes and cursed cocktails these are cute little stories there really are i mean you can sit down and read it not feel like you have to hurry while reading it because it's just comfy it's about some dudes opening a tavern and having some awesome drinks that i might want to try later just having a good time nothing crazy nothing overwhelming Legends and Lattes, two girls that opened up, you know, a cafe. Their lattes seem absolutely delicious. I would want to, you know, be there and try one of their lattes. Simple as that. It's just simple and comfy and easy to read. No, you know, overlapping, constant roller coaster emotion type of ride. Not having to worry that there's a book two that you have to start right away because I'm that type of person. If there is a book one and I love book one, I'm rushing to read book two, which is why I try. I fail a lot of the time. I try not to get a book that's part of a trilogy or a series unless I plan on getting all of it. Um, the Bone Witch was one of them. I found out that The Bone Witch was a trilogy. Before I even started reading it, I went on Amazon and bought the other two. The reason why I went to Amazon and not the local bookstore which is barnes and noble is because barnes and noble only had them in paperback uh and only had i think book three not two and my original copy that i have is hardcover and i'm one of those people if i have it in hardcover i need to have them all in hardcover it's it's an ocd thing when it comes to books don't judge me but i got a steal from i was able to get two hardcovers for 20 bucks it was great now i have the whole trilogy and i can finish reading those Things like Cursed Cocktails, though, and Legends and Lattes are a good palate cleanser. And by that, I mean, if you finish a trilogy or if you finish a book that was disappointing or a book that was just so intense, these types of books are great to read to just kind of come down from that high. Uh, if you're a heavy book reader like I am, what I mean by that is I don't mean you're actually high. I just mean that the intensity of the book that you read brought you so much emotion, so much. You, you completely escaped reality so much in that book or in that series or whatever, that when you come back and face reality, you feel absolutely exhausted. The best way I can explain is if you've seen any type of sci-fi movie, it's like time traveling and how every time that they go through time and space, they just kind of feel tired. It's jet lag. It's a feeling of jet lag. It is your bookish jet lag. Uh, if you're a heavy reader, you're going to understand that. For those of you who don't understand it, that's okay. The best way to explain it is jet lag. When you get so into a book that it in, your brain literally goes away. You can see yourself in the book or you can see the characters clearly. It's like watching a movie. When you get pulled back out of that, it literally feels like you just took a 15 hour flight. That you're in a new time zone and you're absolutely exhausted. Because there was so much emotion. You got to know those characters. It was like you were actually there or you were the character. 
And so it kind of just makes you go, oh, I'm tired. So these types of books, these cozy little fictions are great because they're usually standalones. I haven't found one that's not a standalone. So, so far, standalones. They're great palate cleansers. There's not a lot of heavy emotion. There's not a lot of heavy romance. There's nothing that gives you a huge emotional roller coaster. There might be one or two things that happen, such as cursed cocktails, um, her cafe getting burnt down. But in the end, they were able to not only rebuild it, but make it better than the first time around, and the community helped. And that's always great because the community loved the stuff so much they wanted to see her back on her feet, see them back on their feet and doing what they loved. And they just made it even bigger and better to do so. So that is the type of thing that I mean. They're, they're cozy fictions. They are something that is a palate cleanser that lets you delve into another book with a clean conscience. I know that sounds silly, but a clean, clean imagination, clean brain where you're totally relaxed and ready to start that thing that could be harrowing that could be full of adventure that could be full of uh, romance and trials and tribulations and then afterwards you find another cozy fiction and re-cleanse yourself and just kind of come back to reality a little bit they're nice they're really nice this was actually published this year so it's actually relatively new uh rowland has some other books as well he has a couple of trilogies that are very very DD style or very fantasy um I can't remember the names of them. I apologize. I didn't write them down. But S.L. Rowland is known. So it's he's not super new. But this book itself was published this year. I think literally only like two, three months ago. It was good. I, I would definitely read it again as a cozy fiction to, you know, re-cleanse things and everything like that. And I love finding things like these. If I find more, I'm going to be so excited because I do love fantasy and I love the idea of like D&D style stuff, which means there's very limited things that you can see that, you know, that they could do. I would like to find the next one where someone actually opens an inn where they like you let people like a uh, bed and breakfast almost. That would be cute. So if anyone who's an author is listening, cozy fiction, D&D style, a dwarf and a elf opening up a bed and breakfast. There we go. Something cute like that. I think it would be great. Have it be like a female elf and a, you know, guy dwarf or two girls again, two guys, and make it cute because they're great. Having these types of cozy fictions are absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend the book for a palate cleanser. Just know going in, it has very similar themes or very similar concepts to Legends and Lattes. And if you're going to read it, uh, prepare a notepad so that way you can write down the recipes and you can make your own uh, cocktails from this guy. Because it's pretty cool. Uh, like I said, he did uh, uh, write a recipe book. Sorry. A cookbook, essentially. For the cocktails that are in this. And it's called The Recipe Guide to the Novel Cursed Cocktails. Devilish Drinks. It has all the actual recipes to the ones that are in here. And I think more that are from the journal that he doesn't actually bring up in the story. So, take it. Give it a good read. It's not a bad one. It's a good little cozy fiction and everything like that. I think you would really enjoy. So that's going to be it for today, guys. I hope this brings you on to your next adventure, and I will see you in a couple weeks. Have a good one.